Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the New Culture Podcast. I'm your host David and with me are the NCP crew, Richo. Hi everybody. And Crystal. Hello. Now we're usually joined by the world's harshest critic Luke, but he can't be with us today. Again. Uh, Again. He's ditched us. Two in a row. Twice in a row. Two in a row. Three times and you're out, pal. If only he was involved in some kind of sordid affair that at least excuse this. But no, once again, slave to the man. Slave to the man. So because Luke can't join us, we asked our friend, Mr. Jason Franks, to join us. Hi. <laughs> He's Hello. a man of many words. <laughs> I, I said more than that, but it was written down, so you <laughs> couldn't hear it. I edited it out. So Jason is a Australian comic artist and writer who publishes work through his own publishing house, Black Glass Press, and uh, is also uh, very big on the Australian comic scene, so he's going to share his thoughts on Australian comics and his own work. So it's a pleasure to have you on board, Jason. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just want to point out that I don't have a gun point at him or anything like that. He's not scared for his life. He's just uh, he's obviously saving himself up for later on. I believe in efficiency. <laughs> <laughs> Jason soundbites Franks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. New Culture Podcast is a fortnightly Australian podcast that focuses on new culture related film book and comic reviews with a healthy dose of opinion thrown in for good measure. Hopefully we'll get some of Jason's opinion thrown in at some point. Hopefully. Not only do we... <laughs> oh, jeez. gold. It's going to be like that all night, folks. <laughs> I'm here all week. <laughs> Try the veal. Tip you waitress. Nerd culture podcast. We believe in efficiency. <laughs> Not only do we have the podcast, we also have our website at www.nerdculturepodcast.com Which features additional content not found on the podcast itself. For this episode, we have a dust jacket on The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. And for some reason, I've written down Douglas Adam. I'm not too sure why that is. Because you suck. I apologise, Douglas. You missed out his second S. (laughs) Is there more than one of them? (laughs) Douglas Adams. The Adams clan. The Adams family? Da-da-da-da. Uh, no. But I'm boom. No, pretend we didn't go there. And then we're going to have a war room on Australian comics, as I mentioned. So up first, we have Richo with our dust jacket. On Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Right, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. By Douglas Adam. Are you screwing this up, dude? <laughs> Douglas Adam. Z. <laughs> Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is uh, Douglas Adams' 1979 book. It was book one of five books in total that he wrote for the series. And, uh, a trilogy in, three, in a five parts. trilogy in five parts. Um, it is on um, Sci-Fi List's list of greatest science fiction books of all time. It is actually ranked number four. Whoa. So very highly ranked. Um, look, in no way a... is, it, is it lower than it should be lower than Ender's Game? Ender's Game. Double one, people. What are you doing? And we will be getting to Ender's Game uh, at a later date. I'm not saying it's a bad book, but come on. So yeah, so The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is number four on the list. It's a much beloved book. In fact, possibly the most successful science fiction book of all time as far as just getting out into the uh, popular culture and into the popular consciousness. Um, it's also interesting in that it actually started as a radio play in 1978. The first book didn't actually come out until 1979. Uh, since then, it's been a TV series in 1981. 
a video game in 1984, a comic series from 1993 to 96. There was, of course, a movie in 2005. There were, in 2004 and 2005, they did more radio shows, uh, translating the later books. It's been at least three stage shows. <laughs> and, of course, Owen Colfer, uh, writer of Artemis Fowl, uh, has actually continued the series now with book six, or part six of three, as the cover <laughs> says to the book. The cover also says Douglas Adams's... Honestly, I can't think of a single science fiction novel that has actually impacted. Well, people quote it without even reading the book. Exactly right. Exactly right. So forty-two people don't know that. That's right. Sorry, people don't know that. Exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. So this this book more than any other, I think that we've reviewed to date. This this is the book that has become part of popular culture. Yeah. um, Which is actually quite phenomenal for what really is. Um, a comedy. It's a very, very funny comedy and a very clever and witty comedy. But yeah, of all the science fiction books, it's interesting that this is the one that's captured everybody's imagination well, so much. It's a comedy, but it covers a range of very deep topics in a light-hearted, witty, clever manner. Absolutely. That's, yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, they're, they're deep and uh, very important topics, but they're, they're portrayed in such a way that it's entertaining as well as informative, and that's mm. why. And it, doesn't, it never comes across as preachy. I mean, it's, it's the anti-Richard Dawkins <laughs> rant. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, 42, I think, has been a fairly standard response to a lot of questions nowadays, without, <laughs> as you say, often without people realising it. But, um, it, look, it's a, it's a credit to Douglas Adams and uh, the nature of his writing that this has actually occurred. And, and more importantly, though, he tells... A story. I mean, the characters are engaging. We meet, uh, at the beginning, we meet Arthur, uh, our human character, um, who is as really as common a common man as you will find. He's unbelievably of, British. Yeah, to the point of being almost boring. He wears a, he wears a dressing gown throughout the entire series. Exactly yeah. right. And, but they uh, don't have shops in the galaxy. <laughs> and uh, he's obviously our point of view character and our introduction to... Uh, this much sort of grander universe that he becomes involved in. Unfortunately, he becomes involved in it because Earth is destroyed by <laughs> aliens. Um, but in true Douglas Adams style, uh, they are destroyed due to um, making a galactic freeway, basically, through the Earth. Like the space bypass. The space bypass, exactly. Yeah, the, the plans were, uh, were on file for the last 50 years, but just because you know we didn't know where the, where the office was in... Wherever it was, Alpha Centauri. Or <laughs> it was only four years. It's away. only four years away. <laughs> it's, not, it's not our fault. Fortunately, he is friends with Ford Prefect, who is a travelling alien writing for the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And Ford manages to rescue Arthur from the destruction of Earth. Um, and from that point, um, Arthur begins to begrudgingly uh, travel around the universe. Dread yeah. kicking and screaming. Yeah, pretty much. In an eternal search for a decent cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> and along the way, he gets to meet some absolutely brilliant supporting cast members in uh, Zaphod Beeblebrox. Say that again. I just like hearing it. <laughs> Zaphod Beeblebrox. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> uh, and... Um, Slutty Bartfast. Do you want me to do that one again? Yes, please. Slutty Bartfast. What about, what about guys that work their server name is Slutty Bartfast? Brilliant. <laughs> A name invented because it sounded rude. 
He actually had another name for Slaty Bartfast originally, but due to the uh, nature of this show and its uh, family-friendly environment, I can't actually <laughs> repeat the name. Cold. <laughs> we also get to meet uh, the world's most depressed robot. <laughs> I have a terrible pain in the diodes all down my left side. <laughs> Nobody cares. God, I'm so depressed. <laughs> Me, Which the is... brain the size of a planet. Who <laughs> is, of course, Marvin. Yes, Marvin the Robot, who is, uh, I think, just one of the best supporting cast characters I've ever encountered in a book. And one of the best Radiohead songs ever recorded. <laughs> My Radiohead. Paranoid Android named after Marvin. Another good example of just how much of an impact this book is having, even bands name songs after the characters. Along the way, they uh, discover, amongst other things, the answer to the meaning of life, the universe and everything. Which, for the three people out there who don't know, is 42. <laughs> it would be a very awesome cosmic twist if it was actually 42 people who didn't know this. <laughs> they also discover that uh, the Earth was in fact a giant supercomputer designed to create the question for the answer to life, the universe and everything, but was unfortunately destroyed mere seconds before <laughs> it was finished its calculations. Which I think is a pretty good example of uh, the kind of writing you get from Douglas Adams. So, guys, what do you think? Brilliant. <laughs> not, only, not only is the book brilliant, but your review was, was also very brilliant. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I thought it was quite good. <laughs> it's terrific. But I might have been wrong. <laughs> no, no this oh, is that's not true. You think it's also Dave? I Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> Don't hang your head in shame. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay to admit that you like it. Yes, I am I'm the proud owner of the uh, huge omnibus of uh, Douglas Adams' stories, so the story's all in one big uh, tome, and uh, I've read it all. It was the first time I ever read it, and uh, I only read it because people kept saying, what the hell have you not read Hitchhikers for? And uh, So I read it, and it was, yeah, it just, you just can't put it down. It's just it's hilarious. It's, it's one of the few times where I've read a book and laughed out loud. It's just... Uh, I had quite a few laugh out loud moments. One of my favourites is when Arthur says to Ford, there's an infinite number of monkeys outside who want to talk to us about this script from ha- Hamlet they've worked out. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, my favourite my favorite quote of all is, Ford, you're turning into a penguin, stop it. <laughs> that just indicates more about you, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, to go, go along with my Richard Dawkins uh, comment earlier, my, my favourite is actually the list of books that Ulon Sulliford has written. So he's the author of a trilogy of philosophical, philosophical blockbusters where God went wrong, some more of God's greatest mistakes, and who is this God person anyway? <laughs> he later used the Babelfish argument as a basis for a fourth book titled, Well, That About Wraps It Up For God. Uh, the Babelfish argument is... Uh, the Babelfish, as Richard mentioned earlier, is the fish that you stick in your ear, which lets you, which feeds off brain energy, and in return, lets you understand any language that's spoken to you, regardless of where, what it is. So you just, it just translates into your own native tongue. And so the argument is that uh, God says, "Well, I don't need to prove that I exist. Um, you should just rely on faith." And uh, man says, "Well, what about the Babelfish? I mean, that pretty much proves that you exist because there was no way it could re- evolve naturally." And God says, oh, bugger me, and then disappears in a puff of logic. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, brief stuff. Uh, U- Ulon is also the author of uh, 
a book on sex titled Everything You Never Wanted to Know About Sex But Have Been Forced to Find Out. <laughs> the, the man's an absolute legend. <laughs> He's also an extract from uh, one of his books about God is, is uh, the story so far. In the beginning, the universe was created. This made a lot of people very unhappy and is widely regarded as a bad move. <laughs> Genius. I've always liked the introduction to The Hitchhiker's Guide itself. Uh, this is the actual book. Uh, just briefly to explain to the few people that don't know, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is actually a galactic book that appears in the series of novels. So. A travel book. Exactly. It looks like an iPad. <laughs> <laughs> that manages to be uh, successful due to it being slightly cheaper than uh, the Encyclopedia Galactica. And... Slightly less inaccurate. And has the, has the, uh, the title, Don't, Don't Panic. Panic. Yes. Big friendly letters on the cover. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, the introduction to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is space, it says, is big. Really big. You just won't believe how vastly, hugely, mind-bogglingly big it is. I mean, you may think it's a long way down the road to the chemist, but that's just peanuts to space. <laughs> So I think that gives you a good example of uh, <laughs> Douglas Adams and where his humour lies. I first encountered these books when I was, I think, probably 12. I brought them from the library. I was just working my way through the science fiction section. And um, I think they scarred me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I started reading this book and it's... Well, the first thing is uh, they destroy the Earth and then... The, the hero of the book, Arthur, wanders around lost in his dressing gown for the... Um, I didn't know what I was reading. I was, <laughs> no, I was reading Robert Heinlein and, and you know, all these kind of... So Heinlein know, space does, opera doesn't sort you, of, but Hitchhiker's well, You know, all this sort of space opera stuff, and I'd never read something before where they just destroyed what, what are usually like the, the ultimate stakes in, a, in another book. You know, the yeah, salvation of the earth or whatever. destroyed in the first chapter. It destroys it in the first chapter. <laughs> and then the character wanders around lost after that. And, did, uh, did it scare you enough that you had then carried a towel around with you just in case? I never I carried a, a towel. I have a towel sitting on my lap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, the scary that. thing is that you do I have a towel sitting on your lap. I actually have a towel. What's the deal with that? Well, towels can be very useful. <laughs> <laughs> you should never be travelling the galaxy without well, your towel. I'm a, I'm a fruit who knows where a towel is. <laughs> well, you never know when something's going to get wet and you're going to need to dry it. Exactly right. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I first encountered this um, through the TV miniseries from the early 80s. Free stuff. And uh, that sort of led me to the books. But, um, whilst, yes, it is very funny and very different and so on, but um, it also had me actually questioning uh, what my beliefs were. Because it's just so... It is such a philosophical book and it takes pot shots at philosophy and religion so often yes. well, that it, it actually it, it, got me thinking. It, 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 it's um, a very telling thing that my favourite quote is the... Uh, hmm. You know, that wraps it up for God. <laughs> that's, that's my basis entirely. Like, I haven't read these books since I was... 11 or 12 but but like I remember all, all of these quotes yeah yeah, um, yeah they're just... they're ingrained in my in my head and uh, I don't know what kind of effect that's had on me but <laughs> well, we'll, discuss it, we'll discuss it later but the black one shot has some uh, Adamsy type stuff it's uh, rapidly yeah. turning into a group therapy session for <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is so let me tell you about my mother <laughs> and you are sitting on the couch as well That's, I am just, just stretch back I just... recline <laughs> There are, of course, uh, as we said earlier, there are five books written by Douglas Adams in total. Until he tragically passed away. Mm. 
And um, I must admit, I found that um, the first three books for me were really the highlight. The fourth and fifth book, they're, they're still good. They still have, uh, you know, the Douglas Adams-isms. Uh, still very funny. But I, I suppose the, the freshness of those first few books, that sort of excitement in coming across something so completely different, makes them really stand out for I me. think the second book is the best one. Yeah. I think so did Douglas Adams. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I actually prefer uh, the first two, and, yeah. uh, and then it sort of sort of climbs from there. But the genius so, of the first first two are yeah. so good that. And so, just fun. just a quick rundown: the first book is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The second book is The Restaurant at the End of the Universe. Third book is Life, the Universe, and Everything. Fourth book is So Long and Thanks for All the Fish. So long and thanks for all mostly the fish. Harmless. And the fifth book is Mostly Harmless. As I said, the first two or three books are the real highlights, but um, once you get started, you'll find yourself reading the entire series. I oh, think, you'll go all the way. Without a doubt. Okay, awesome. Okay, ratings out of five. Can I give it more than five? <laughs> <laughs> well, if we can't get a negative score for uh, Immortals, Immortals and Your Highness, and your highness then I'd, I'd guess not. Oh, I give it five, but with the proviso that I liked it better than Foundation, which I also gave five. Hmm. Uh, since we're only reading the first book, I would give that uh, four and a half. Um, I actually would give five to the second book in the series, but um, okay. yeah, awesome. Well, I'll also give it five, five books. It's uh, it's brilliant stuff, and uh, never fails to bring a smile on my face. Five. I do think the second book is better, but it wouldn't have gotten there without the first one. Uh, all of point. the innovation that um, that makes the book so special is present in the first one. So, got to give it a five. Awesome. What a huge score. This is what I'm talking about. That's not number one on the list. The book is. I'm not giving Enders Game 5. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll do Enders Game at another point. All right, thanks everybody for that. Thank you, Richo. No problem. Very, very cool. And uh, just a quick reminder to people, we will actually be getting back to the Dust Jacket reviews on the website. Uh, coming up this week, we'll be looking at Alfred Bester's The Demolished Man. So check that out at www.nerdculturepodcast.com. Nice. Just a quick shout out to everyone on h2g2.com, the website that Douglas Adams started himself. It is the online version of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where you can go there and learn all about life, the universe, and everything. Wow, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty good. You learn about all that stuff. And more. How many members is there? 42? There's <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more than 42. <laughs> that is a cool website. Check it out. And you're actually a member yourself, aren't you? I am. Very cool. Okay, so thank you everybody. Let's move on to War Room, the Australian comic scene. Okay, so as I mentioned at the start, this War Room is going to be all about Australian comic scene and uh, with a focus on our special guest star, Jason Franks. Hi. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Hopefully going to say a few more words. A few. <laughs> so what we'll do is we'll uh, let uh, Jason tell us all about the Australian comic scene, and then we'll throw in some questions. Okay. <laughs> oh, you mean you mean now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, the Aussie comic scene has been, over the last five or six years, going ballistic, really. There's a lot of work coming out now. There's a lot of really good quality stuff. Um, there's two major publishers in Australia at the moment, and they are Black House Publishing, uh, Black House Comics out of Sydney uh, and Gestalt out of Perth, so East Coast versus West Coast. 
So uh, Black House does uh, mainly has distribution through the newsstands in Australia, so news agents, and uh, Gestalt goes through comic stores in the direct market. Um, and there's just throughout the country a lot of really good quality, uh, good quality books coming out. Uh, a lot of diversity and just standards have have gone up massively over the last few years, and uh, there's just a really big burgeoning, interesting scene. And how did you get involved in it? I actually got involved in it when I was living in the states. And then uh, that's interesting. So you're in a different, another country, and you got involved in the Australian comic scene. Well, I started out collaborating with a bunch of people uh, when I did my first book, which was around 2005. Uh, which was Richard over here was one of them. Hi. Um, that book was called One More Bullet. Um, the first story was drawn by Mark Schmidt, who I went on to of the Egg Story. Of uh, Egg Story, Mark went on to do Egg Story and Eating Steve, and then uh, we collaborated on our. Uh, uh, a big graphic novel called The Six Myths, uh, which came out last year. Great stuff. Reviewed on the website. Yes, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. So even then, I guess a lot of the book was was Australian, but mm-hmm. um, was well, set in Melbourne. Yeah. Well, the stories are sort of set all over, but a lot of the the creative teams in the book were Australian, and um, I did publish that overseas. I printed it over there. I was I was living there, but I, when I came back to Australia. Um, I naturally wanted to uh, to see what was going on in the scene, mm-hmm. and uh, I met up with uh, the Melbourne creative group. Um, so there's kind of a core group there, which is uh, has really grown. You know, it went from being six or seven people meeting at a pub to uh, at yesterday's meeting we had I reckon forty five or fifty people. That's awesome. Um, and that's guys like uh, Bobby Nanadovich, Trevor Wood, Colin Wilson, Paul Bedford, Henry Pop, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess that was the original core group, Greg Gates and Phil Bentley, of course, and it's uh, grown massively since then. Mm-hmm. And what sort of market is there for local comics here in Australia? Uh, it's very small. Black House has been doing pretty good selling through news agents. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I actually saw a, a Black House comic in uh, the news agents in the city. Yeah, pretty, probably pretty big range. Dark Detective, and they've been yeah. carrying um, Black House also does a prose anthology called After the World. Yeah, it was it was After the World, I think. Ah, right. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the new issue. Oh, cool. So, uh... It's like it's got a real old school sort of magazine. Yeah. It's horror a, magazine sort of style to it. It's a big magazine yeah. format. Uh, oversized book. And uh, I saw it shelved with like the heavy metal and guitar magazine. Yeah, which same heavy metal sort of deal. Yeah. Which is very cool. Very cool. And you read the latest issue, which is issue... Number three. Pick it up, people. Pick it up. Uh, the novella is mine. Uh, it's called Pack Rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about zombie apocalypse in Australia through the eyes of a pack of feral dogs wow awesome and there are just, some humans too just when you think there couldn't be a new take on the zombie apocalypse well I, I worked really hard to um to come up with something that was I thought a little a little fresh because yeah, there's been so much different that's different to anything I've seen so there is the newsagent market uh, it is quite limited as in there's only s- certain material that you can sell through the newsstands yeah and I guess the rest of them the, the the rest of the marketplace is pretty much still comic shops. Yep. Um, there are some, some bookstores now uh, carrying graphic novels. Uh, a lot of the, the bigger bookstores, although, of course, they're gone now. Yeah. Um, but uh, some of the big literary publishers in Australia as well are carrying, commissioning uh, big graphic novels. So people like Bruce Mutard, Mandy Ord, Nick Greenberg have, uh, have had some you know, literary kind of graphic novels put out, which are generally not available through the comic stores. Mm-hmm. Um, but by and large, most Aussie comics are for sale in yeah. Aussie comic stores. I know before Alternate Worlds, um, 
closed up shop, they had uh, quite a substantial mm. local talent thing. And All Star Comics in uh, in Melbourne has got a pretty pretty damn good range of local stuff. Yeah, All Star's been really supportive. Minotaur, of course, has a a, a large range, and yeah. uh, Classic yeah, Comics have, carries too. Yeah, Minotaur actually has a section set yeah. aside specifically Similar for Australia. Australian products. So. Definitely, if you're in the stores, check it out because there's some great stuff out there. Minotaur was founded by uh, two of the guys I mentioned before, uh, Greg Gates and Phil Bentley, who are still key players in the mm. Australian comic scene. Excellent. Uh, neither of them are involved in the business anymore, but um, those are you know, two of the guys who, who built that. Yeah, mm. that's very cool. So I went and grabbed a, a whole bunch of stuff for uh, research for the show, and uh, I went to All Star to get my stuff. So hi, Mitch. And... Um, it's just a wide and varied range. I mean, if you get sick of, uh, you know, the capes, you know, your standard sort of stuff, uh, you can get just, I mean, it, just about any story is covered in, like, the Australian scene. So your own uh, McBlack, you know, the, the skull-faced assassin, and uh, who just can't, just can't die. What's the deal there? Throw it out there. So he did, can, he, can he die? What's the deal? That would be telling. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, and, of course, the Six Miss, which I, I think is awesome. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the Six Miss, and, um, and uh, it's just a shame it hasn't continued on. We, we want more Six Miss, Jason. I've started writing some more. I don't know if it'll come out or when, but uh, I want to do more, and uh, it's sort of in the works. Nice. In the works is good enough for me. Um, but, yeah, but just, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff from, you know, like like bizarre science stuff from Dr. Zeitpunk. Frank Candeloro. Yep. Which Great. is one of my personal favourites, I must admit. Brilliant I stuff. was introduced to it actually just today it's well worth checking out i just personally i loved it sort of a german expressionist movie yeah. looking yeah it's like uh, metropolis cartoony very much so yeah. it certainly has my design sensibilities in mind i yeah. loved it and, uh, an online comic cranburn's gotten itself a printed version now by a new player uh feck comics yep. um by the awesome ben michael Byrne. Uh-huh. uh cranburn it's awesome it's some it's some interesting stuff i mean i wasn't yeah I, it it was good it was, it's very mad maxi yeah, um, I very much like the scene where he uh, he's you know trying to prove that they're not scared of them and you know offered the I won't give it away for people, but uh, it was <laughs> it was interesting. I've had a Ben Burns fantastic, and people have been waiting for that book for for a very long time. And of course, I should also point out that Ben does live in the suburb of Cranbourne. Yes. So, ah, cool. Um, that's that's where that title comes from. And that's so the the so the the base of the main people is a shopping centre. I can only assume it's the shopping centre that's near Cranbourne. I've never been there, I'm, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Ben's a tough guy, so... Well, fairly, funnily enough, uh, Cranbourne in real life is not that dissimilar from, <laughs> from the, you know, the comic that he's got. Uh, but my pick of the bunches from uh, the ones that I grabbed were definitely... Um, ben Hutchins. Uh, ben Hutchins' Handball Heaven and uh, Walking to Japan. Isn't that just the best thing ever? It Walking is unbelievably Japan. magnificent. The uh, I mean, Walking to Japan, not only is just a, it's just an an excellent story but the format actually when I first saw it I thought it was like some sort of like promo you know you can get those comic shop news promo yep. sort of things I didn't really know what it was to be start off with um, but it is just brilliant brilliant stuff it's a much purchase and Handball Heaven is hilarious I chose now a lot of his stuff is being published by Milk Shadow Books which uh-huh. is run by uh, James Andre um, and James is really ramping up next year he's got some new work from Bruce Mutard and a lot of really quality uh, interesting um, sort of dark comedy, gross out sort of stuff. Uh, very underground comics feel. Uh-huh. Um, Milk Shadow, of course, also did Yuck. It's their original yep. book, which most recently banned on eBay. Fantastic! Wow. Yes, really? um, that's my proudest my proudest achievement. I uh, contributed to a book that was banned on eBay. That's bad. I don't even know what banned on eBay means, but um, it sounds awesome. So. 
means some American complained. <laughs> yes, it probably <laughs> does. Um, and, well, uh, any yeah. any new work from Bruce Mutard is always appreciated by me. Um, he published a. Did he actually end up getting the bunker? Yeah, that published? was published by that was published by Image. By Image, yeah, uh, in the early nineties, uh, yeah. early two thousands, early two thousands, yeah. Um, and of so course, Aussies out there. It's a absolutely one brilliant book, one of the best. Just just for something that was completely unlike, I didn't really have a huge expectation going into it, and it just blew me away. It was yeah. unlike anything else I'd read uh, in comics before, and it was fantastic. I so. don't know if you've seen Bruce's uh, um, Bruce's uh, The Sacrifice, which yeah. is a huge. It's historical fiction um, set in the Second World War in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and that is, as far as I'm concerned, the graphic novel that most resembles a novel mm. uh, without being at all prosy. Um, it's a really, it's a, like, it's a big oversized work and it's yeah. very dense. Um, it's all comic storytelling, but um, it just has a, has a weight to it that um, I've not seen anybody else do. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And of, of course, Bruce's other book, *The Silence*, also published by uh, Alan and Unwin. Fantastic work. Bruce is, you know, nice. one of our top guys. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely we'll be chucking that in the show notes. So uh, by all means, check it out. Um, so just uh, just quickly back to um, Ben Hutchinson's uh, uh, *Handball Heaven*, which is a mm-hmm. story of an epic uh, handball game that uh, goes completely out of control. Goes ballistic. Uh, it's it unbelievably ballistic funny. Is the word. It's, uh, unbelievably it's funny. So it is just gold. Hutcher has um, done some work for for Mad Magazine as well. And um, he also, if you can find a copy of his book, The Lesson Master, Master of Lessons, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely brilliant. You could de- you could definitely see the uh, the sort of mad magazine level of comedy uh, in Handball Heaven. It's just it's wonderfully bizarre and just fantastic. But mad would never have let him go to that length. No. Um, but my absolute pick of uh, the bunch that I grabbed, and this is this is by, this is by no means uh, all the Australian comics that are on offer. This is just a very small. We'll talk about some more after. That, yeah, yeah, that I uh, could afford on the on the night, but uh, it's uh, uh, one of my absolute picks. Um, not counting, of course, Jason stuff, which we'll get to in a second. Is uh, digested by uh, Bobby Inn. Bobby um, Ninadovich, is the one and only. Just, it's just unbelievable. It's so it's, good, isn't it? I cannot describe just how good this stuff is. Um, so it's a little, it's a sort of a small format, written and uh, drawn by Bobby and uh, from Just Stop Comics. And uh, yeah, so it has a, a, a yeah continuing story called Oxygen in, in every issue, and then it has uh, some short stories and even some prose and poetry sometimes. Yeah, poetry and stuff like that in each issue. And it's just Oxygen. I won't give it away the actual main story, Oxygen itself, but uh, it's kind of weird. It's, <laughs> it's a bit out there. It's kind of surreal. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and then the, and the short stories are usually you know slice of life sort of stuff. You know, stuff you heard on the train, and so uh, good so, to know that he's. Uh, Catches the Werribee line. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> that's got to be enough to scare anybody. Stuff that happens to him at work. Yeah, uh, some... stuff works and, and it just slice and lice from uh, yeah. just, and uh, you know growing up and stuff like that. But uh, it's five uh, five issues. Five just came out fairly recently, I do believe. Just yeah, after just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So check it out. I cannot recommend it enough. It's just it's brilliant stuff. And he's a cool dude. He is a very cool dude. I met him at uh, I love at Armageddon next where they got the uh, the artist Ali. Yeah, he was sitting next to me. Yeah, so with the um, the local talent sort of yeah. stuff yeah so he was uh, I met him there he was yeah a, a bunch of us got a, a big locker table so that could, they'd put us all together mm-hmm. and that was really cool to just have a bunch of you know a bunch of comic guys oh so you guys arranged that yourselves it wasn't we were, them yeah. arranging it no, oh, we I thought it was like a really cool setup from Armageddon so they actually had all the Australian content for no we uh, we organised it ourselves and um, Baden Kurgan from Black House Comics uh, was instrumental in, in that happening as well 
Awesome. We have, I was just explaining to Jason, we had this thing on the Nerd Culture Podcast where the guys all talk about comics and, and it's a running thing where they try and convince me that I shouldn't read comics. Okay. And um, I just wanted to say that I hadn't had a chance to read this current lot that, that David brought home because it was very recently he brought it home and I have work to do. <laughs> slave, slave, to to the man. Man. slave to the man. <laughs> or, or the woman in my case. Um, uh, but the phrase that you said before, if you're sick of the keeps, it's yep. kind of piqued my interest, so I'll have a look at this fresh lot. Cool. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it, I, if, if, I think it really, like... Uh, uh, digest it for sure. Well, after the, after, really after working my through, way through the new fifty two, the, the phrase "if you're sick of the capes" <laughs> really rang true. Yeah. Well, there is, as was sort of said a couple of times, there is some amazing diversity yeah. from Australian creators out there. So well, I've have, I think have, everybody could find something yeah. that uh, that appeals to them. Uh, Having read already read Jason's McBlack and his Sixness, so I'll have a look at the rest of the stuff as well. Um, yeah, I really like the one-shot comics. No, thanks. Really yeah, well, that's, that's I, I, I really love when the, the character talks to the artist. It's yeah, well, that's a great segue into uh, Jason's work. So we've already mentioned Six Miss. Sure. And, uh, of course, McBlack. So you've got, there's a couple of McBlack entries. Yeah, there's the, two two books at the moment. Yeah. Uh, the original graphic novel, McBlack, and uh, there is a one-shot that I just put out a couple months ago. Yeah, the one-shot is hilarious. Oh, so uh, good work on that one. It's um, it's one of the few times I've seen Crystal reading a comic and actually smile. <laughs> <laughs> As, you know, we, we forced her to read uh, to read and review uh, Catwoman. Yeah, that, that and, was uh, unfortunate. I can, I can assure you, there was no smiling happening during that. <laughs> but uh, but uh, one shot, yeah. So she was got to the end, so the end sort of stuff. She was like, "That was really good." <laughs> so that's, that's pretty cool. It was really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I must admit, I haven't actually read one shot yet. Is there any gun dog in there? There's no gun dog in there. Oh, there's no gun dog. But, uh, Sorry, just, just to explain to the listeners in the original McBlack uh, graphic novel, there is a dog with a gun that comes out of his mouth. And <laughs> his name is Gun Dog. His name is Gun Dog. He is probably my favourite uh, character in McBlack. He's really he's only there for a couple of pages, but I just love this character so much um, that every time a new. Every time Jason tells me there's a new McBlack story coming out, my first question is, is there any gun dog oh, in it? Oh, thanks. I, I, think, <laughs> I think there's a lot of pathos in, in, in gun dogs. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm trying to convince him to do an entire uh, gun dog one-shot, but it uh, doesn't seem to have happened yet. Uh, it could happen still. Um, <laughs> but uh, look, the, the new one-shot has been... Uh, has been. Uh, I've had a, a really great feedback from it, and um, as a result of that, uh, McBlack is now being published by Black House Comics. Nice. Uh, oh, which fantastic. Is, which is good. So, of course, that means there'll be more. So there will definitely be more? There will definitely be so more. So what's the second one going to be called? Well, I am, I'm writing McBlack Volume 2 at the moment. I'm not writing, I'm sorry. I'm drawing McBlack Volume 2. I've done about a third of it, um, and that is called Lady McBlack. And that, <laughs> will, <laughs> that, that will be <laughs> another, lady in black. another uh, lady full-length black. graphic lady. novel. Yeah. And I have also just finished writing McBlack Two-Shot, which will be <laughs> another, another one-shot, but... Two shot? Did you get it? Two shot? One. I get it. Yeah. Um, I see what you did there. Can the third one be called Money Shot? <laughs> the third one, yes, the third one might be called Money Shot. I can, I can Yay! Let's just for the readers that actually, uh, for the listeners, sorry, that actually haven't read McBlack, can you just give us a rough idea of what the um, book's about? So I've already mentioned that he's immortal. I can okay. envision a McBlack. Okay, not necessarily. Game. He does get his head knocked off basically yeah. by the same guy. <laughs> but he comes back. <laughs> well, 
McBlack is a... That's a damn good question. Yeah, sorry, I've put you on the spot here. But <laughs> um, take a second. He's like a detective, assassin, enforcer. McBlack used to be a private detective, but he's basically at the point where the first graphic novel starts up, decided that he's not doing that anymore because the only part of being a detective that he likes is the bit where he gets to shoot people, blow up vehicles, um, or set things on fire. <laughs> um, so the first book is he gets uh, approached to uh, solve, a, solve a mystery, um, and he doesn't really want to do it, but it sounds like it might get violent, so he decides what the hell <laughs> give it a shot um, and it is it's a very um, it's kind of science fiction noir but I guess the idea of it is that I'm playing different genres against each other so rather than trying to combine all of the all of the genres um, I have the genres at war so McBlack is kind of like if uh, Angel Eyes from The Good, The Bad and The Ugly had to be Sam Spade <laughs> uh, what would happen and that's a beautiful sum up, definitely, of uh, the book. I should point out too, there's a lot of killing. There's a body count. There is a body count. <laughs> it's not exactly going to be uh, translated by Disney anytime soon. <laughs> no, you won't. You won't be seeing it in news agents. But uh, the gun a, dog is some. I, I found a, a, almost a 2000 AD vibe to a certain extent, um, combined, as you say, with noir and just mixed genres and. Uh, so if you're if you're a fan of any of those sort of things, uh, I'd strongly recommend Matt Black. And if you're a fan of dogs with guns in their mouths, <laughs> yeah. then you will find this book awesome. Chicks <laughs> with cool tattoos. <laughs> I guess I guess where it started was anytime you see a, a comic by a um, often by a new writer and they don't have a story, they go, "Oh, I'm going to start it off with he's a detective," and a hot chick comes in his office and, and says, "I want to hire you for something," and I can just make it up from there. That really annoys me um, because you know ripping off the Maltese Falcon is not a story. Yeah. Mm. So. Well, plenty of people have tried. <laughs> so I decided I was going to start with that, and then um, just go as wrong as I could. <laughs> um, so that that's that's the um, I guess the graphic novel, and then the one shots kind of um, sit beside them. They don't really have a sit in any particular point in continuity, and they're about specific things so the first one shot is about video games i'm also i'm very grateful that uh you didn't model the video game player in the after me <laughs> anyway i'm very very grateful for that no he's a fat version of me oh, right. <laughs> he looks kind of like he looks he actually looks kind of like have you seen that terrible gamer film I thought, you know, the evil computer programmer in Jurassic yeah, yeah. Park, Dennis. Yeah, yeah, Dennis. Um, I thought he looks kind of like a fat version of me. So yeah, okay. Well, I decided that that's, was. That's for. Because this is a podcast, there's, there's no visual, that's clearly not true. Well. Okay. But, you know, he's got curly <laughs> hair <laughs> and he's. He's, he's, he's fat and ugly of, and annoying, and you're. He's got dark fat, hair and glasses. I'm not fat, but I'm ugly and annoying. There's a nice variety of artists, too, in one shot. Uh, uh, yeah, Trevor I, Wood, Mike Athey, and Tom Bonin. Yeah, um, have all sort of pitched in and done chapters of the book. Uh, obviously, was that just sort of a deliberate thing on your part, or you just couldn't be bothered drawing? Well, it's because <laughs> it's like different, different uh, game genres. Well, I decided yeah. that um, I was I was working on volume two, which I still am, and I, I wanted to put out another McBlack book, mm. uh, a smaller one, just in the meantime, because you know, yeah. I mean, it's already a year and a half since volume one came out, so. Yeah. I originally I wanted to do an anthology of stories and I thought I'd get different artists to do it. But um, once I started writing the, the one about video games, I realised that having uh, you know three or four different levels in the game 
in the in the book, which correspond to different kinds of video games, yeah. was a really good opportunity to bring in different artists with different styles. I mean, the artists that I know, and I, I chose I chose the artists according to what how I thought that their work would fit with the video game genres. So, so Trevor, contacts in the industry. So <laughs> yeah, so Trevor Wood, if you've seen his webcomic Sawbones, SawbonesOnline.com, uh, written by Jen Breach. If you've seen his, his webcomic Sawbones, you can, I think you can kind of see why see uh, I thought he'd be really good for the yeah. platform scroller level. Yeah, um, yeah. Mike, I know, is very big on noir stuff and first-person shooter type games, so he was the obvious choice for that. Uh, and Tom Bonin's really good at environments and lighting and, and uh, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So for a sandbox game, that was that was uh, he was my first choice. Uh, yeah. It was really, you know, and the guys were great. Um, they turned in some some really amazing work. They make me look bad. Um, <laughs> and, uh, That's I, uh, not true. Tom also has a pretty interesting interview with uh, Bobby and uh, Digestive One. Yes, too. yes. Tom does uh, Tom does the comic dicks, uh, which is really interesting as well. If you haven't seen that, no, uh, I you haven't should check it out. It, yeah. I mean, I definitely want to check out more. I mean, there was this. I mean, like I said, this is a, a small sort of collection of uh, yeah. stuff I saw just at All Star alone. So I haven't even been to Minotaur's, you know, huge selection. So. I'll definitely check it out some more for sure. Yeah, Dix, I think it's coming out from Milk Shadow from now on. Uh, I may be wrong about that. And the last one of those was an anthology which had stories that were... Tom usually writes uh, the Dix stories himself as well as drawing them, but the anthology, he got a bunch of different writers to do it. So I did one, Jen Breach did one, James Andre did one, and uh, Tom Taylor, the writer of Star Wars and uh, The Authority and a bunch of other stuff that you'll see with big names on it. Yeah. Um, wrote one of the stories too, so really classy looking book so I think it's really important to mention uh, Kajimono as well um, we yep. were watching uh, television last night and there was an ad for Yui uh, yes uh, Kajimono is on that um, Yui Insurance um, basically just had a series of ads there were three ads um, and uh, they feature the comic uh, The Soldier Legacy which is done by Paul Mason out of Queensland mm-hmm. um, they approached Black House Comics about uh, about using that character and um, so the comic telling the story is basically telling the story of the soldier legacy yeah yeah so the and guy it's set in a comic store and, and the clerk is telling the story about the soldier legacy to various customers that come in so to do that ad um, Black House kitted out King's Comics in Sydney with, oh um, is that what it was yeah so I thought it looked slightly for me I was kind of like oh and this looks kind of it's, it's King's Comics and yeah. it's it's been kitted out with all the Black House's stuff. Yeah. So all the posters on the walls, all the comics on the racks are, are Black House books. Very cool. Um, and uh, some other ones as well. Like a, a lot of my work is coming out from Black House now. So um, it was very cool of them to put up some of, some of my books like uh, Kagimono. Yeah. Uh, you can see it in the background if you freeze frame. <laughs> <laughs> if you freeze frame and, and go through it very carefully. It was funny because I was just <laughs> flying here watching Charlie and he was in there cooking and he's going, hey, that, that look, that's thing and <laughs> what really <laughs> yeah those were the exact words that came out of his mouth so, uh, so next time it comes on trust me we'll be eagle-eyed so, uh, I, did, I did notice uh, how do you pronounce it? it's not kajimono it's kagamono kagamono which means shadow so, things okay so I did notice that yeah but uh, you should definitely check out um, the Soldier Legacy comic by Paul Mason published by Black House Comics um, it's killer okay cool uh, well let's just uh, finish up with just some uh, some generic <laughs> type uh, comic creator questions that I've yes. up. <laughs> no, I'm just recording some generic answers for you. <laughs> so, I think so. What was the first comic ever given to you? That's a good question. I didn't have a lot of comics when I was a kid. I didn't really start reading comics until I was 
18 in high school, which was informed my taste quite a bit. Now I'm kind of less interested in, I guess, Marvel superheroes, DC superheroes than most people who grow up reading comics. But I did have a few when I was a kid. Um, I had like a Spider-Man and a Superman. I couldn't tell you which ones they were. Mm-hmm. I had a Daredevil by Frank Miller. Cool. That uh, just one isolated issue that blew my mind. I had no idea what what I was reading, or Daredevil was barely in it. Um, that just blew my mind. Um, I had a bunch of Mad magazines. Um, my cousin gave me a stack of Archie digests when we moved to Australia mm-hmm. when Look I was ten Archie. years old, okay. um, which I probably still have somewhere. Um, but yeah, what was my first comic? I don't know. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, what was the first comic you actually went out and intentionally bought for yourself? Your own hard-earned money. Oh, so the first comic that I went looking for was probably The Sandman. Um, I was in year 11 or 12, and um, some of my classmates were reading comics. So uh, one of my friends gave me Cable to read, and I was sort of... You wanted to gouge your eyes out? I was kind of interested in that. I was 17 (laughs) years old, you know, it's a good time for that. And then um, another kid in my art class... um, looked at the artwork I was doing and said he was in my English class as well and he said you know I think you uh, you should read this and he gave me Sandman the, the Ramadan issue number Sandman oh, number 50 yeah. and uh, I read that and I went wow yeah. this, this yeah. is really different than the cable that, that I just read <laughs> um, and the funny thing is that guy who gave me that Sandman book that's Gregory Mackay who uh, just won the um, the Premier's Award for uh, a comic piece that he did uh Gregory put his first book out, his first graphic novel out last year, um, around about the time that my first book came out, actually. His is called Francis Bear, and it's absolutely brilliant. Oh, okay, awesome, um, awesome. So, you know, it's Gregory Mackay's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any comic uh, creators that influence you in your work in decision to get into comics? Yeah, heaps, but probably just as many um, writers of prose and, uh, like, movie screenwriters. But... Um, uh, of the comics creators, probably Garth Ennis has been a, a really big influence on me. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way that he paces the story, um, even when I think sometimes it's clear that he's not putting in all that much effort when he's doing some of his work for higher stuff. Yeah. Even when he does that, it's always perfectly paced. Um, the dialogue always zings. Um, he just has a really professional attitude about it. And when he does his own work, um, uh, it's brilliant. When, when Garth's own work is... Uh, hilarious and grotesque and has a lot of heart and um, just always perfectly crafted. I guess art-wise, guys like Steve Pugh, Steve Dillon, um, the best storytelling artist in the business, I reckon. Simon Bisley, just for sheer attitude. Um, John McCree, uh, nobody draws like John McCree. Um, I could talk about this all day. And, <laughs> well, we don't have all day, but that's, 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 that's good. That's good. Thank you very much. Um, and have you had any? Uh, you've been to a couple of cons now. I mean, I, I follow your tweets and stuff. So you've been to the Writers Expo and the Armageddon Supernova and all that. Some probably more that I haven't even mentioned. San Diego, San Diego, yeah, Con, San Diego yeah, yeah, so Has there been any um, any fan moments that sort of stand out? So nobody's asked to sign there. Um, or anything crazy like that. There's always a fan moment. Um, sometimes you witness it happening to someone else. Sometimes it happens <laughs> to you. Uh, I remember one one con. It was my second my second ever show. Uh, I just had my second book out, and um, it was MegaCon in Florida, and they put us at the back of the hall, the absolute back of the hall, across from the the um, canteen, 
So <laughs> nobody was coming to check out our stuff, and um, people thought that we were a table that they could eat off. Oh, <laughs> oh, brilliant. You had people like they'd buy food from the canteen and then they'd come and, and like start putting it on my table where I had my display, and um, so we'd have to chase them off. And um, I remember like so we're sitting there kind of making fun of people walking past in costumes none of whom ever stop at the table and ever buy a book from you. Yeah. And um, so we're making fun of these guys and then one of them comes up to me and he's uh, he's got cat ears and a tail and he's got a name badge that says, uh, he's, he has a collar that says Terrence. Well, it's a dude. It's a dude. He's cat got, ears got, and a tail. He, yeah, and he's got a collar that says Terrence <laughs> and, a, and a little um, sticker on his chest that said, you know, my name's Terrence, I'm looking for a cat girl to, you know, cuddle with. And this guy comes oh, wait, 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 this is a comic convention, yeah? Comic no, this convention. wasn't uh, King's Cross in Sydney. No, no, this is a comic convention. And he comes up to me and he goes, I bought your book last time, last Megacon. It was great. I've been following on the website. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm so glad you've got a new book out. Can I have a copy? And then he went and he bought books from all of my friends that were sitting down the row next to wow. me. And I felt so bad. We were sitting there depressed and nobody wanted to buy our stuff. And then the one guy who does is, is you know, this guy that we've just made fun of. So... But at that same show... So, Terrence, if you're listening... <laughs> so, Terrence, Thanks, if you're listening Terrence. from Florida, uh, send me an email, I'll send you some free books. <laughs> I, uh, you're the man, Terrence. Um, and, and let us know no, you're the cat if man. you found that cat girl to cuddle, because I want to know if there's a happy ending to this story or not. <laughs> Craziness. But, uh, just in general, what are the Australian conventions like? Ten years ago, we would have one convention in Melbourne every two years at the yeah. absolute most, and I think yeah, there was yeah. a period of about eight years where there were none at all. That's right. And they yeah. just did a one show in Sydney. Uh, Armageddon came to uh, came to Melbourne from New Zealand, and then Supernova moved to uh, started doing a Melbourne show as well. And uh, now we get two shows. You know, we get Supernova and Armageddon every year, which you know we've it's gone from amazing. nothing to to two big shows. Yeah. And there's another one coming, isn't there? It's like Oz Comic Con or something. Uh, there is another one next year. I don't know much about it, but they're talking yeah. about bringing down Stan Lee. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's called okay. Oz Comic Con. It's, yeah. Uh, it's pretty exciting stuff, yeah. Stan Lee. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of shows now. Um, and what, what's the interest in local comics like from fans at the shows? It really varies a lot. Like, this last Armageddon in Melbourne um, was huge. I've, I don't think I've had such a good show in Australia ever before. Really um, nice. And then we went up to Supernova in Brisbane, and there were a lot more people, but um, the interest in comics didn't seem great. Mm. But I hear that usually Brisbane is the best show for for comics, so um, you can never really tell until you until you get out there on the day. Mm. Yeah. I was there. There was uh, there was big yeah. interest. Yeah, it was big interest. Yeah, it was really good that we had a, a big block of people. I think that yeah, that, that was really good. That helped a lot. I was able to sort of work my way up and annoy a whole bunch of people in one shot yeah and it's easy for us to refer <laughs> each other like oh yeah if you like yeah. this you yeah, yeah. check out yeah there was one gentleman there I, I did i didn't get his name but he was awesome he was like the ambassador for australian comics he had like his table was uh it was about three up from you um just before the the manga guys and it had and he was he had his table was completely covered in australian comics and uh he had a story for each one. If you like, he looked at any particular one. He was like, "Yeah, that's so much, that's and such from so and so and so." And if you if it was one of the comics, there was one of the guys was here. He's like, "Yeah, well, that's you know, he's just down there, a couple of tables down." Uh, I reckon like that. that was probably Phil Bentley and maybe Bruce Mutard was sitting next to him. Oh, okay, cool. Um, he was awesome. He was he was a really friendly, nice dude, and he just his uh, his knowledge was just unbelievable. Yeah, I think that's Phil Bentley, one of the founders of Minotaur, and uh, he is the first person to buy artwork from Eddie Campbell. 
Oh, nice. Cool. Read Eddie Campbell's book How to Be an Artist. Yeah. Um, Phil is in that. He's beardy Phil in that. He said he no longer has a beard, so. Yeah. You can't call him. Yeah, it was nice. And Eddie yeah. Campbell, of course, artist of From Hell. And artist of From Hell. Various Alec. other. Bacchus. Bacchus. Yeah. A lot of amazing stuff. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So, if you had any advice for anybody who was uh, hoping to get into comics, uh, is, you know, any Australian creators who want to get into comics, what would that advice be? Um, come out to the meets, meet up with uh, some local creators, um, search for them online. If you're in Melbourne, come out to the uh, Melbourne Creators Meet. Uh, first Saturday of every month from 2pm at the Prince Alfred Hotel on Grattan Street, opposite Melbourne Uni. And I uh, just network, meet some people, read lots of comics, uh, start off doing short stories. You know, don't try and, and, and get your foot in the door with a million page graphic novel because um, you're going to have a, a really hard time finding... Uh, someone who wants to read that mm. or just uh, you know there's a big learning process in, in, in getting involved and um, better just out of sort of small getting one of the anthologies or something like that getting an anthology um, I'm editing a magazine for Black House called Terror and uh, we take submissions so uh, send me an email if you uh, have uh, something that you think might fit with Terror go check out the website terrormagazine.com.au mm. if you leave off the AU you will find the Brazilian Terror magazine which is in Portuguese language that's not us yeah, um, just meet people, start doing some short stuff, cool. uh, check it out, build some skills. Right, well, and, we'll have your details in the show notes, so uh, your email address and website and Black Glass Comics and stuff like that. So Cool, so just uh, just get out there and just meet people, hit the cons, that's how I sort of yes. met everybody. And did all yeah, work. exactly, cons are a great place like to do it. What if you're into social and you don't want to meet anyone, you just want a really su- successful comic writer and... Good luck. Good luck well, to you. Yeah, I think that's how it like everybody knows everybody in the Australian comic scenes, so it's not going to work. Well, one of the one of the hardest lessons I learned. <laughs> that's a good question. One one of the hardest lessons I learned was that because you know I'm I'm a writer and I want to just sit at home writing. That's what, that's what I want to do. Um, and you think that as a writer or as an artist, even that you know if you just do the work, though, you know it'll magically get out there and you'll make millions of dollars. But a little bit of networking goes a long, long way. That was yeah. a really hard lesson that I, I, you know, I learned that the hard way. And it's just good to meet new people. Yeah, get a bit of sunshine. You know. <laughs> what now? Vitamin D. We don't need sunshine. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time, Jason. It's uh, very cool. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. No, it's a pleasure. And uh, feel free to... The door is open. Feel free to return. And... Oh, you ask me to leave now. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But uh, I'm saying is if you ever... Yeah, if you ever want to pop in again, by all means do so. It's, uh was uh, really informative and a lot of fun and thank you very much and and uh, guaranteed some fans in this household at least great thank you very much I really appreciate it looking forward to money shot (laughs) (laughs) two shots coming first and for all the comic fans out there uh, when you hit your local shop please look out for the local product there's some amazing stuff out there and uh, support the local guys support the local guys yeah really really you'll find something special out there for you somewhere in these books because there's so much range, so much diversity. Please just get there, check it out, and support your local industry. Well, I already get Jason's stuff, but I'm now uh, guaranteed getting every digester that comes out for mm. sure. I mean, it's great, great stuff. And I'll follow anything Ben Hutchins does and I'll follow up some all these leads that you just gave us. Soldier Legacy, Chris Sequeira's Dark Detective. Um, there's tons of good stuff. Sawbones, I mentioned that. Uh, knock yourselves out. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Jason. Thanks. Coming up next, we have... Coming soon. 
So coming soon is where we talk about the uh, a selection of releases that are going to come out between the, this episode and the next. We've got an extended coming soon for this episode because this episode, uh, the next episode is not going to come out for another three weeks instead of two. So uh, Boxing Day, December 26th, is a traditional time for the release of family-friendly films. And this year we get Happy Feet 2, uh, which is pretty cool. Tim McEwen, comic creator from Sydney, uh, known for Greener Pastures, uh, worked on that. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Thought I'd mention that. <laughs> That's what you know, you're here you for. You know everybody. <laughs> Scary. It's, it's not a bad thing. Uh, <laughs> the Adventures of Tintin, uh, which I think just looks incredibly creepy. But <laughs> I know Steven Spielberg. He's a good mate of mine. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, maybe that wasn't true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know almost just everybody. D- don't ask him about the hair plugs. He doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> when you say Steven Spielberg, you mean uh, Steven Spielberg, the guy from the deli down the road, is that what you said? I thought he meant Senor... Yeah, he's my, he's my cousin's great. <laughs> I thought you meant Senor Spielbergo, his Mexican counterpart. <laughs> it's just a flat-out lie. Uh, also get, uh, on the same day, we get We Bought a, we bought a Zoo, uh, Matt Damon's family-friendly effort, which uh, just looks boring as hell. And, uh, oh, thank you. And uh, War Horse, which is not exactly new culture, but I thought I'd throw it in there just because it's about a story about between a boy and his horse. And I'm just not going to say and, more and of that. A war? Is there a war? And, well, yeah, well, <laughs> he loves his horse, and the horse gets drafted into the the light horseman cavalry deal. Right. Sort so of deal. A war. And then the boy, tra- even though he's too young to join up, he goes to war, the war front to find the horse. It's like, what? I'm scared. <laughs> I don't want to see him. Like it sounds like it should be called War Horse Boy. Yeah, because it's about a war and a horse and a boy. And a boy. It's, it sounds like it's... like a war version of of uh, Equus and. That's, that's creepy. <laughs> it's the story of the love between a man who is actually a boy and his horse. And a fine Cuban cigar. That's right. <laughs> then on January 1st, we get uh, another Alvin and the Chipmunks outing. Um, yeah, that can go to hell. Condemned by uh, <laughs> Richard. Uh, hey, but... Elle's a good friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's enough there. Uh, but all is not lost on January 5 we then see the release of Sherlock Holmes 2 A Game of Shadows which uh, we'll be reviewing on the show unless of course there's a huge outpouring of demand and we have to review Alvin and the Chipmunks which uh, you know is a travesty against humanity but if everybody wants it we'll do it if we had to (laughs) review (laughs) I just want to make you see it (laughs) I'm not seeing it I'll I'll just pretend I saw it yeah it had some chipmunks in it they sang some songs had the chipettes had funny voices had funny voices some some actor who's you know just wants to pay the bills. It would have to be more entertaining than that movie that we recently reviewed that I can't even remember the name of. Immortals. That's the one. <laughs> it probably is, but their voices alone are enough to make me not want to see. Elvin, Simon, <laughs> Theodore. Okay, that's enough. Uh, and as usual, NC, NCP's favourite cinema, the Astor, has a great selection of films showing in the next three weeks, uh, including a Monty Python double bill on Boxing Day. The Aston knows how to truly celebrate this time of year. Which ones are they? Uh, it's The Life of Brian and The Meaning of Life. He's not the Messiah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so check out the full listing at uh, astatheatre.net.au. Also, all through uh, December, January, and I believe even into early February, um, if you're in Melbourne, uh, ACME, the Australian Centre for the Moving Image, is actually doing a science fiction festival where they're showing some of the absolute classics of the genre from... Uh, 2001 to the original Russian version of Solaris, uh, Forbidden Planet. Uh, there's, there's basically just a, a, a different classic sci-fi film on 
pretty much every week for two months, um, as well as um, at their, I guess, their museum. Uh, they'll also be doing... Uh, um, little exhibition showing exhibitions of uh, science fiction related stuff as well so check out Acme as well for pretty much all your sci-fi needs through the holiday period very cool forbidden planet man yeah awesome love the robot he's awesome, he's, awesome. <laughs> Robbie, he's a classic <laughs> <laughs> although he's not called Robbie in the, in the forbidden planet though is he no but he's, he's just called the, the robot yeah. but in the invisible boy when is he if ever called Robbie in the invisible boy, yeah. yeah. Okay. Finally get to that. Sorry, I was asking yeah. the question yeah. as you were answering it. <laughs> yeah, that's all good. <laughs> For all your obscure sci-fi needs, check out nerdculturepodcast.com. <laughs> okay, the competition. A couple of episodes back, we announced our competition to rate and review us on iTunes. Instead of a, a picking a name out of the hat sort of competition, we decided to get people to rate and review us on iTunes and then... Uh, Get the crew to pick which one they liked the most, which one was you know, which was informative, and uh, more importantly, praised me above all others. <laughs> because nobody else does around here. <laughs> oh. um, so we had uh, we had a few entries. So thank you very much to everybody that entered. Uh, I'm just going to read a couple of the ones that didn't win. So I apologise in advance, and then we'll actually we'll have the uh, the winner of the uh, Future Dollar iTunes voucher. Yes, these are our runners-up. These are the runners-up, yes. The it's the term you're looking for. The political correct way. We've got one, a pretty easy one here. It's awesome with lots of E's. Uh, thank you very much, TH. Yeah, those uh, extra E's is what makes us especially awesome. Thanks for that. This podcast is totally sick. <laughs> this is uh, from Stogie Woman. That's <laughs> quite good. Um, one of my favourites was uh, from uh, Banter Claws. His was, or hers, was a rare piece of podcast brilliance. This was more exciting than my first time. First time. Wow. What? That is, uh, that's high praise indeed. <laughs> I'm speechless. It's, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, another really good one was uh, from Randomness Monkey. Uh, nerd Alert. Intelligent, well-informed, and highly geeky. These guys are the best kind of nerd. Love it. That's a good one as well. Well, thank you for describing us as the best kind of nerd. That's actually pretty cool. See, I, I, I like that. I am the best kind of nerd. And you guys are just nerds. What? So, <laughs> do you want Prince to come back in 2012? <laughs> Coming up in 2012, New Culture Podcast, David Goes It Alone. <laughs> <laughs> the Got No Friends episode. <laughs> and uh, moving on to the winner. So, the winner, as chosen by the crew... It was a unanimous decision, and the winner goes to Geeky Goodness by Venpi. This is a great geek podcast. The quality improves with each episode, with great book reviews. I have already added a few titles to my reading list. It would be great if they could include some sound grabs from the movies and shows they discuss slash review. So firstly, thank you very much, Venpi. There's a very cool review. Thank you very much. And yeah, so uh, the five stars as well. And most importantly, thank you for uh, mentioning the Dust Jacket reviews, because really... As you've pointed out, that is clearly the best part of the show. Um, the main thing we liked about it is that not only did it praise us, but it also gave us some feedback in terms of uh, advice for content. Constructive criticism. Uh, some constructive criticism, uh, which we quite liked. So Vimpy was also good enough to post on our Facebook wall and uh, responded to him there. So we will indeed have some sound grabs from uh, our future reviews. So. We'll see how we can go. See if I can smuggle in the recorder to the, into the <laughs> movies. <laughs> we'll do it all above board. It'll be totally legal and legit, I, I swear to you. 
But uh, so there you go, Vampy. So thank you very much. Uh, the $50 iTunes voucher is yours. So please send an email into feedback at nerdculturepodcast.com uh, so that I can then email you the voucher number. And thank you to everybody who took the time to actually uh, rate and review us on iTunes. We've currently got uh, 20 uh, ratings with an average of four and a half. So that's pretty cool. Excellent. Thank you, everybody. Can't complain about that. Yes, and keep them coming. We want more. We do. <laughs> we want more. We're, we're hungry for ratings and reviews. The more reviews that we get, the, the cooler we feel about ourselves. Tell your friends we're the best kind of nerd. Tell your enemies. Tell everybody. Tell the Pope. <laughs> That's right, right on the Pope reveal. As he's going past, like, stick hell's eye <laughs> onto the Pope reveal. That'd be good. That's right. We'd love to be able to claim that we're the only nerd culture podcast listened to by the Pope. Officially endorsed by Vatican City. That's right. By the Emperor himself. <laughs> okay, so before we move on, uh, Richard, I'd just like to say a few words about the passing of some comic greats. Now, unfortunately, it's been a bad couple of weeks as far as comics go. Um, uh, we lost a couple of weeks ago Jerry Robinson, a very famous uh, Batman creator from the 1940s who, amongst other things, created uh, the Joker, Robin, Catwoman, pretty much uh, all of the supporting cast characters and villains that make Batman so great back in the 40s and 50s he had at least a hand in. So what did Bob Kane actually do? Not much. <laughs> he had a name called Batman. Mm, that's about bit. it uh, Jerry Robinson and Bill Finger pretty much filled in all the details so Ooh, so yeah I'm fortunate to see uh, Jerry Robinson pass away and more recently just in the last few days we also lost Ed Barreto uh, Barreto was a comic artist probably most famous for his work on the new Teen Titans um, and also on the Shadow series in the 80s for DC and we also had the sad news that uh, Joe Simon passed away this week, uh, Joe Simon, of course, very famous uh, as the creator of Captain America and co-creator of uh, comics like uh, The Boy Commandos, The Fighting American, Young Romance, worked very extensively with Jack Kirby throughout the 40s and 50s. Also a very uh, renowned comic historian and uh, did a lot of work to you know, get appreciation of comic art out there. So, A true legend. So, three tragic losses, unfortunately, for the comic industry in these last couple of weeks. So, um, our condolences to the families of families. these uh, comic legends. Okay, so don't forget you can contact us by email at feedback at nerdculturepodcast.com or post on our Facebook wall at www.facebook.com forward slash nerdculturepodcast or tweet us at, at nerdculturecast. Or you can leave a comment on any of our posts at www.nerdculturepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. Next uh, episode will actually be three weeks instead of two, as I mentioned, in order to rest up from the Christmas and New Year madness. So tune in on January 8th for episode 15. We'll be featuring a popcorn junkie on Sherlock Holmes 2, or Alvin, depends, uh, and a discussion at our roundup of the best of 2011. Best film, best book, best comic, the whole deal. We'll give you our opinion, because our opinion matters the most. So thanks again, Jay. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me. So uh, I'm your host, David, and with me I uh, have the uh, standard NCP crew, Crystal. I demand that I am Crystal. <laughs> Richer. I demand that I am not Crystal. <laughs> and special guest, Jason. Hi. Wait. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye. now.